Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second lesson this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. And this should be a passage uh, that hopefully sounds uh, familiar to you. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as we gather here this morning, as we listen to the words you have to say to us, that your spirit may open our hearts, that it may illumine our minds, open our ears, allow our hands and our feet to go and do the things you have called us to do. We ask that we do these things together hand in hand as a community of faith, whom you have called each of us by name. We ask this in your most blessed name. Amen. Like we've been doing for the past uh, few weeks, two, uh, I've lost track now, <laughs> but as uh, we continue this morning, though, in a series that talks about discipleship and ask ourselves this morning what it means to be blessed. In case you need a little refresher, we first uh, had a reflection about the sacrament of baptism in which we looked at the start of our journey with God. And in our second reflection, we looked back at what it means to be fishers of people to cast our nets out and search for something new, which brings us to today in which we focus on the Beatitudes. Now in this reflection on the Beatitudes, something interesting came to mind for me, and it had to do with something I watched recently. You see, I'm always down to try and watch something new at least once. Maybe that's more generous than some of your watching uh, abilities. But I'm always down to try something new, and so I was told by a friend uh, that I should check out this uh, Japanese animated series that was set in a world where most of us had uh, some kind of superpower of some sorts. Of course, there were heroes who used their abilities to protect others, and there were villains who used their supernatural abilities to benefit only themselves. But what I found most interesting in the series was that there was a hero who possessed the talent 
known as one or uh, all for one, which allowed them. Uh, so I mix this up, and I think I think I caught that. But there was someone who had the ability known as all for one, which meant that they took other people's abilities and hoarded it for themselves. And in stark contrast, then there was a hero who had this ability called one for all, which, as the name implies, means that they were able to give power to other people. Now you may be thinking which is a fair point. What does a Japanese animated series about heroes and villains, all for one, one for all, have to do with the Beatitudes? Which I'd say, sure, that's a question I asked myself as well. But it actually has a lot to do with the Beatitudes, as we will soon discover, because when we take a closer look, it becomes clear that the Beatitudes are more than a series of blessings. We might say that the Beatitudes are one of the highest points, the pinnacle of Jesus' teaching that emphasizes love and compassion as the highest expression of faith the highest expression of faith that does not rely on forced teachings or any kind of binding legalism. We might think that such a high priority on love and compassion would be obvious. But we might want to stop for a moment and think. We might want to ask ourselves, have we placed what is essential, what is at the highest point of Jesus' ministry, at the top of our lives as well, and at the top of our shared ministry? Or have we fallen back into some ways of rigidness, legality, and errant judgment that Jesus came in the end to turn around, trying to hoard all these things just for ourselves with an all-for-one mentality? And this is where my reference before comes into play. Because you see, there are many times at which we try to cling to things that we think will benefit us. Like that character I mentioned before, that villain who stole other people's powers. Because there is the temptation to believe, both in our own lives and in the lives of the church, that if we let certain people in and keep others out, then things will be okay. Perhaps they may even be better. But when we do that, we distort the gospel message and we create a false sense of reality. We make ourselves believe that if we limit those who can receive grace, who can receive love and compassions, that the blessing God gives us means that there's more for us, right? But it's that type of misbelief, that kind of penny-pinching of God's blessings that leads us down a path of destruction, of self-destruction, that leads us away from the path that God desires for the whole entirety of the human race. In the Beatitudes, Jesus reminds us what is truly important, not only for our growth as a church, as a family, as a community of faith, but for our own growth as well. And hint, it is not the person who holds on to all the earthly and spiritual treasures for themselves. I hope that was obvious. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> the Beatitudes are not the only place, though, where we hear this message of what should be important. Because we hear this message in the reading that was just done before from Micah. 
What does the Lord require of you? Does the Lord want countless burnt offerings? No? Yeah. Does the Lord want thousands of rams? Does the Lord want thousands of rivers of oil or even the firstborn child? I, I mean, sensing some hesitancy on that one. <laughs> no, God doesn't want any of those things. God does not want any of our hoarded treasures if we have not used them to benefit others. God has told us what we need to do. God has told us what is good, that what we need to do is to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. Those are the things God wants us to do. There's no time, there's no energy for us to exert precious, precious time that excludes others, that focuses on our own self-righteousness and our security. If we dedicate ourselves to the highest law of love that Jesus teaches, then we will be fulfilling what it is that God desires, which, as I said before, is to do justice, love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. As we think about what it means for us to be disciples and as we think about what it means to be the church, we need to ask ourselves what our priority is going to be. And that's not a hypothetical question. I want you to go home and think about what our priority as a church is going to be. Because if we believe that Jesus' message was that faith was only about receiving, then we've missed the mark. And I'm not saying that having a master's of divinity makes me an expert on the Bible, but I think that if we believe that only receiving is the point of faith, then I believe we missed the mark. Because it is in being a blessing to others. It is being a blessing to others that we find the true meaning of what it means to be blessed. The blessings that we have received from God, the model of life and love that we have received from Christ, has taught us that the power we have lies in the strength that we lend to one another. It is in our collective well-being and the love for one another where we find the teachings of the Beatitudes become a, a reality. They manifest themselves. They're no longer words. They are something we can actually witness. What we wrestle with is the question of whether or not, though, we are going to trust what Jesus said. Because embodying the truths of the Beatitudes will challenge us to think outside the box. Not only will they challenge us to think outside the box, they will make us live with discomfort. Discomfort of not knowing what will happen next. Discomfort of being in church or being at events with people who you don't know or people you might not have had in your life before. But in the end, it will lead us to a place where we are truly able to walk hand in hand empowering one another along the way. Because blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, those who are persecuted. In these words, we find a bit of irony. The irony being that these blessings on all these people 
are given to a group who will in the end turn those blessings around and give them right back out to others. Because somehow in this world we find that those who have the least often give the most to those around them. It is often those who are without, those who are poor and oppressed, like I said, who do more to help their fellow human beings than those who might hold the lion's share of power. In many ways, those who are blessed, like the hero who has the skill all for one, or one for all, not the other one, which can be shared and grow stronger the more it is passed, the peacemakers, the justice seekers, the meek, the humble, are all things that we need right here and now in our world today. We need more people who can make manifest the highest teaching of Christ that love and fellowship is what will save us. Not dogma, not legalism, not some kind of false sense of piety or some kind of false sense of security. You see, I find it ironic that this passage on the Beatitudes falls on this Communion Sunday. Sunday. Because as we gather this day, we have an opportunity to partake of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. It's a sacrament that is open to everyone, people of every race, every gender, all walks of life. It is an open table at which we are reminded that Christ came into the world for all people. Christ came to be that all that one for all, to share the gifts of God with each and every one of us. This is so that in our sharing, in our blessing of one another, that we too may be blessed. The work, though, that this requires, like all things, is going to be hard. And many times it's going to be frustrating. And again, I'm going to preface this by saying, just because I have an MDiv doesn't mean that I claim to have all authority on this, but I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't come and say all are welcome, but those who may have problems with drinking, those who may have problems that are drug-related, those who make us feel uncomfortable, those who don't look like us or speak like us, and anyone else whom we deem to be unworthy, I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't say any of that, because Christ came and said the exact opposite. That all are welcome. That all are welcome and the responsibility is not on them, but it is on us. Because if we fail to acknowledge this highest law of love, this mission that Christ has given to us, then we're the ones that have to do some pretty hard and meaningful soul searching. So what choice are we going to make? The all for one sounds pretty tempting because it means we will have control over everything and deem what is acceptable and not acceptable. But like we talked about just moments before, there is the higher calling in today's teaching that emulates an attitude of one for all. This year, as we give thought to what it means to be the church to envision what type of church we want to become, then we need to hear these words of Jesus. We need to take them to heart. We need to take them seriously. We need to take them seriously. The truth that we love because God 
first loved us. There is no if, ands, or but as to who God loves. It's the truth that God loves us all the way we were created to be. We love because God first loved us. And we bless because the blessings were never ours to begin with. So let us go out and share these blessings so that in our blessing of others, we too may be blessed as we journey along this road of life and faith together. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.